0: Yo, dude, what's up? What's happening? I guess I need the Warriors to be in the finals for you to give me a call, huh? Nah.
1: <laughs> no, dude, I, you need them to win for me to give you a call. How you feeling? Everything good? I can't complain. How's everything going down there? Same. I figured you'd be in the Wisconsin woods by now. So did I. Hey everybody, what's cracking? Welcome to the Jim Rohn Podcast, episode number 224, where we are gearing up for the NBA Finals with one of my all-time favorite guys, one of my best friends. I will drop that name and be proud of it. He is a beloved Bay Area figure. He is a jungle legend. He is making his return to the original side hustle this week. After four and a half years away, my guy, my main man Tom Tolbert. Of course, Tommy T and I go way back, and I mean way, way back, all the way back to his active NBA career, which of course came after he helped lead Arizona to a Final Four alongside Steve Kerr back in 1988. Not only is Tommy T a legendary talk show host, he even participated in two smack-offs, and literally, top to bottom, one of the most rock-solid human beings that I know. So, let's not waste any more time. Let's get right to it. It's episode 224 with former nba returned turned legendary talk show host, Tom Tolbert, and it's coming at you right now. All right, so I hate to be this guy, but I will be this guy anyway and say, Tommy T., It seems like yesterday you were on my TV show, we went down the street, we had a few pops before you had to jump on a plane. Yesterday, my ass, it was almost 30 years ago. My brother, (laughs) how you doing? How's Lori? How's the fam?
0: Everyone is good. It hasn't been that long, 30 years ago almost?
1: Good lord. Let me think. Oh, three, three, yeah. Almost 30 years, dude. Almost 30 years. So it's been about 28 years ago since I rated your minibar. That's it? Well, no, actually, 25. 25, 25 this year. Okay. 25 this year. What a great night that was. But you guys are good? <laughs> Fam is good? You feel good?
0: Everybody's good, man. Everybody is uh, good. Hope you guys are uh, all doing well. I get the Christmas cards. The boys are, my gosh. I mean, I, it feels it feels weird to, I mean, you know you're getting old when you see friends have kids. And then you just watch them grow up and all of a sudden they're in high school and college and then eventually they have it just It is the weirdest feeling to like be at the beginning and not always there, but just kind of see the growth of somebody and especially when you see it once a year. It's almost jarring when you see it. it's like, oh my gosh, look at how big they're getting.
1: Now you nailed it. You're exactly right. It, it doesn't feel weird. It is weird. It's actually very <laughs> weird, and it's going fast. So you and I know better. We gotta appreciate every single moment and be present. Now listen. Speaking of good, Tom, you, I know that you knew Golden State would be good. Maybe you thought championship good, but at what point did you think, damn, these are got These are actually the guys that are the team to beat.
0: Well, I I figured throughout the course of the year, I thought they were one of a handful of teams that was going to have a chance to win a championship. It was them, Phoenix, Milwaukee, uh, Brooklyn, if they could ever get their stuff together, which they never never quite could. Uh, I thought Philly might, and then Harden came, and I mean, the whole Ben Simmons thing. I mean, he really sunk two programs this year, sunk Philly and sunk and sunk brooklyn but i figured boston would early and then i thought what is wrong with these guys they they were they were they were terrible before the turn of the new year and then after the turn of the new year they've been fantastic just really good defensively so i always thought the warriors were one of those teams that had a chance and then once they got there with their talent and their experience and their depth which has been tested a little bit because of injuries but i figured they'd have just as good a chance as anybody else. Absolutely. I, I felt that all season long. and I never wavered off that. I just felt like they were they were that good that they were going to be. They weren't the team with KD. They weren't that team that was automatically guaranteed a trip to the finals unless something catastrophic happened, but they were going to be in that mix. And here
1: we are. Here we are. Speaking of KD, since you brought that up, you know, Draymond Green seemed to suggest that while KD has the finals MVPs that Steph doesn't have yet, that Steph actually was more impactful because of all the double teams and all the attention that he attracted on the floor. Of course, that bothered KD because everything does. Where do you come out <laughs> on that debate? Like who attracted more attention from teams defensively? Who was more important to those title teams, Steph or KD?
0: Uh, let me borrow a line from one of my favorite movies, Dumb and Dumber. I don't care. That's one of my favorite lines, right. and I really don't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why everybody cares so much. Who's the greatest? Who's two? Who's three? Who's more impactful? Who's better? They're two of the greatest players of all time. I, I don't know why that isn't good enough. Of, of course I do, because people are idiots. That's why it's not good enough. But they're two of the greatest players of all time. They are both impactful in their own way. Steph was impactful because he drew double teams all over the court. People jump at him. It's why Kevon Looney gets layups. It's why Draymond Green sometimes gets layups. It's why guys get back doors because everyone jumps at him. We call it the Steph Curry gravitational pull. Everyone's going to Steph because they know when he gets the ball, it's trouble and they got to guard him 30 feet out. So he pulls the defense way out. KD is one of the most gifted players I've ever seen. He's seven feet. He can get a shot whenever he wants. And the Warriors had that luxury. If something broke down, give it to KD. KD always gets a quality shot and he does. They're two different players and they're both hugely impactful. I just don't know why one has to be more impactful than the other why people sit around and parse his stuff why it's not okay just to sit or, sit around and enjoy uh steph for his greatness kd for his greatness they're both going to be in the hall of fame they're both top 50 players of all time probably top 20 players of all time and i just i just don't care about that stuff i just know greatness when i see it i appreciate it while i'm watching it I don't need to sit down and parse it to, okay, is he a little bit better than him? Let's look at all the numbers, and let's dissect the video. I I, I just don't have time for that.
1: Hey, listen, I never thought that you and I would become these guys, like the old guys, get the fuck off my lawn guys. But, you know, why? (laughs) When you say why, why? Because social media, because content, because everything's got to be a debate, because, because. That's why, right? I mean— yeah, who, I mean, yes, I posed the question, guilty, but who really cares? But part of it is also, Tom, tell me I'm wrong, but part of it's KD. Like, KD is incredible. Yeah. KD is incredible. But have you ever seen a more sensitive superstar than KD? Like, what is my man doing on social media getting hooked by randos that do not matter at all?
0: Yeah, he's got, he feels like he has to fact check everybody. And look, if you feel like you want to fact check all the idiots on Twitter, then you should start now and plan on not being done by the time you die. <laughs> it, it, it will never, ever end. I mean, we all know Twitter is an absolute cesspool. And it's where people go to put an egg up so they can rip people and face no repercussions. I mean, that, that's basically what it is. And it's people that are uninformed on a lot of topics and just feel like spouting off stream of conscious, whatever. That's fine. But you got to take it for that. I mean, he, he, he feels like these people are really serious and really worthy of debate. It, he's KD. Why did he have to debate anybody on basketball? Is there anybody on Twitter that knows more about basketball than this guy? Well, right. maybe other NBA players that are on Twitter possibly, or other college players that are maybe, but he's, like, going after these guys that say stuff, and all of a sudden he'll pop up on their feet. It's like, dude, what are, well, why? But, I mean, that's that's him. He feels like he wants to do it. If that's how he wants to spend his life, then so be it. But, yeah, I've never seen a guy quite like that that has achieved the level of success he has that feel, feels like he has to, you know, fact-check some 18-year-old booger eater who's getting ready to play call of duty with his buddies i just don't get it
1: (laughs) oh yeah i love that sound it makes me smile it does make me happy because that is the sound of another sale on shopify the all-in-one commerce platform to start run and grow your business Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources that were once reserved for big business. That way, upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and then effortlessly stay informed. Believe me, I know where this podcast started. I know what we used to try to sell. I know where we are right now, and I know what we sell right now. Shopify has everything to do with that. In other words, like mine. Shopify powers over millions of businesses, millions from first sale to full scale, reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. You know what? Find out for yourself. Try it out for yourself. Go to shopify.com slash R-O-M-E, Rome, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Again, try it out for yourself. Take it for a test drive. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash Rome right now, shopify.com slash R-O-M-E. The so, time you know, you look at that team right now, like on a personal level. Let me ask you this knowing everything that Clay Thompson, moving along to him, knowing everything he's been through physically and probably because of the injuries emotionally, knowing how much he loves the game, you know, he might not be quite what he used to be, but he's still playing at a really high level. How pumped are you to see him not only back, but to be playing at that level on this big of a stage, knowing him the way you do?
0: As pumped as I am for anybody uh, on that team, I mean, maybe even maybe even more so. It's fun to see Kavon Looney do what he does and get a little love because he doesn't get a whole lot of love. But a guy that faced not one but two catastrophic injuries, I mean, blows out the knee, tries to play on it against Toronto. It's like, dude, you just ripped your ACL. You You need to get off the court. You don't need to be on the court. So he takes care of that, comes back. He's getting ready to come back next year blows out the Achilles and another year. I I don't even know what that felt like in those minutes after the diagnosis, when he knew he was going to miss another year after missing the previous year, it it, it must've been just heart, heart wrenching for him. He loves the game. He loves nothing more than to get out there and just play basketball. And it's so much fun to see him out there smiling, having a good time. Uh, I know what it feels like to, you know, when you're injured, you, you, you're part of the team, but you're not part of the team. And I don't care who you are from star to role player. You feel like you want an all access pass uh, from some contest. You're kind of around the team. You're there, but you're not really part of the team. Uh, and to, to, to be back and be part of the team and be a significant part of the team and help lead this team to the NBA finals. I can't imagine what he's feeling, but I am super happy for him that he gets this opportunity to go out there and compete because I don't know that he loves basketball uh, any more than he does. Maybe there are one uh, players out there that are is equal when it comes to his passion for the game, but man, he loves he loves to get out there and just hoop.
1: No doubt, you can see it. So Tom, what about Steve Kerr? Like to me, he's not only one of the great coaches in the NBA. He's not only one of the great coaches and leaders. In any sport, but really in any walk of life. I mean, the guy is just that unique to me. You've known him a long, long time. You played your college ball with him at Arizona. Like, when you look at him now, what types of things go through your mind when you see him on and off the floor? And the man he is.
0: Overrated.
1: <laughs> I hear
0: you. He, he's exactly who I thought he would be. He, he is. He was, he was our coach. On the, on the court when we played under Lute Olson. And he didn't play his junior year because he ripped up his knee in the world game. So he was out that year. And it was probably the best thing that happened to us. I don't know if we were quite ready at that point to be a, a Final Four team. But when you knew when he came back, you knew exactly what we were missing leadership, direction. I mean, obviously, he was deadly from behind the arc. He shot like sixty percent from three in Pac-12 play, or Pac-10 play, I guess it was at the time. And I think he was like fifty-seven percent uh, over the years. So, I mean, we all know he could shoot, so he obviously added that. But he was just a leader. I mean, he's a guy that you just followed, and it just okay. This guy, this guy knows, and you. I've been around enough people. You know who leaders are. Uh, when you see him, he was a leader. Timmy Hardaway uh, was a leader. You just know it. And that's who he was. And I knew he wanted to get into coaching. He thought he would get into coaching earlier. He, I didn't, Nobody thought he was going to have a 15 year NBA career. Nobody, including himself. And I think he was thinking about, well, I got dropped by Phoenix. I think it was the last pick of the second round. You know, if this isn't last, you know, we to try to get into coaching. Uh, and then it lasted. And then it kept lasting and kept lasting. And then he kept collecting rings. <laughs> he was on five championship teams when he when he played. But uh, he's a winner, and he knows how to listen to people. He's not just an X's and O's guy. He's not not a guy that you know is, is isn't accessible. He he's relatable. He's like a head coach. Uh, he's demanding. There's no doubt about it. But he's accessible. Uh, the, I'm sure the players feel the same way. But I just figured this was who he was going to be. He was going to lead something. I figured it was a basketball team, but if it was something else, I wouldn't have been surprised. That's just that's just who he is. But when you meet him, he's just a normal guy. He is like Steph Curry in a sense that they're a team where they have stars, they have superstars, but yeah, really just uh, normal people. And you can talk to him, relate, uh, relate to him, stuff like that. But that's just who Steve is. And Steve is... Steve is where he belongs. Steve is where, where I thought he would be, and I'm uh, happy as hell for the guy. He's having the success he's having.
1: That's such a great answer. I love that notion of, too, you know a leader. You know who is and who isn't, yeah. and, and I love that you mentioned him. And Timmy Hardaway, like, at that time when you and I first met, Tim Hardaway was also one of those early guys that I interviewed, and I'll never forget, especially in my really formative years when I first started doing those sit-down interviews and TV, the guys would walk onto a set, the guys who had that it, that it, Tim Hardaway had that crazy, yep. crazy it. You know, like Michael Irvin, I remember the first time I met him, I always talk about that. He had that just crazy, crazy it. Like, who, give me another guy or two that you were around when you played that was like that. When they walked in a room, you are like, holy shit, I feel this it. I can't explain what it is, but, man, it's coming off that guy.
0: I'm trying to think who I, uh, who I played for the Clippers. And that was a bunch of – I mean, there were good guys in that team, but that was dudes jumping off a ship. So I'm not sure if that's even
1: – No, there, there was none of that happened. there. That, that, was, that was just – You were it, I mean, dude. Nobody, you were the one with the it on that team.
0: Nobody wanted to lead. And if you were the leader, everybody's like, take that tag off me. I don't need a leader of this group and this team. <laughs> uh, so no, nobody wanted that. Charlotte, I'm not sure if there was like one guy – maybe Muggsy. Muggsy, Muggsy was kind of like he, he kind of had that it, that, that I'm the leader, uh, of this team. Uh, oh, Scott Skiles. Scott Skiles was definitely another guy who was, uh, a leader. I mean, and, and again, it's, it's really hard to explain unless you're around one. And it doesn't have to be sports. It could be any field. I mean, you just, you just know a guy. He has a gravitational pull. When he speaks, you listen and they have to know what they're talking about. Uh, they can't tell you, hey, on this one, go uh, under the screen. The guy hits like two threes in a row, and you're like, well, you're an idiot. What do you mean go under the screen? you know what you're talking about? No. So uh, leaders are, are well-informed. They, 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 they speak with conviction, and they have a, a presence about them, that they're self-assured uh, about themselves. They're comfortable in their own skin, and they're willing to put themselves out there uh, and by, by telling you, like, look, this is the way. I know this is the way. And just to circle back to Steve for a minute, he had to do that early on in his tenure with the Warriors. I mean, he had to tell Andre Iguodala, who is an Olympian, one of the best players in the league, to come off the bench. He said, "Look, it would be, it, it's going to be best for you to come off the bench. You'll be in the closing lineup. You're just not going to be in the in the starting lineup." And the reason was they wanted to have Harrison Barnes. Uh, start. And then Boga was a five. Draymond uh, came in for D Lee, who was another veteran. He had to tell, look, the team's better when Draymond, Draymond starts. So then he had to get the whole team to buy into a new offense. They, they run a motion offense now where it's a lot of player movement, ball movement. Mark Jackson was a lot of pick and roll, a lot of isolation. So it's totally different. So he had to get them to trust him. But then when they saw, Hey, this is working, then it's like, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. So, but really, it's just. And Timmy had it too. You just feel it. You just around these guys. And you mentioned it with Michael Irvin. I, it, it, unless you're around them, sometimes it's hard to really pinpoint it. It's those things that I talked about. But it's also something else. It, it's just something else. There's a pull to these guys. That when they walk in the room, you know they walk in the, uh, you know they walk in the room, and you know they're there. And they just, they, they, they know what the hell they're doing too.
1: That's what I'm talking about.
0: Trade pros, whether you specialize in service or new construction, Ferguson knows firsthand how much work goes into a long day on the job, which is why we're committed to offering the products and solutions to get every job done right. With over 1,000 locations, an unmatched selection of specialty products, tools, and supplies, our pro pickup and same or next day delivery, you can trust that doing business with Ferguson will be the easiest part of your hard day's work. Visit ferguson.com to find a counter location near you.
1: And I think, Tom, another guy, you mentioned your Charlotte years, you know, maybe this guy was not the single greatest leader ever, but he also had a lot of the attributes that you were just talking about. And that's our dude, Rex Chapman. All right. So Rex, Mm -hmm. I mean, like nobody like our dude Rex. And I've spent time with Rex. You know, Rex, what's -hmm. your favorite Rex Chapman story?
0: Well, to be honest with you, Rex and I were rookies together and i don't really remember much about the two and a half months that i they spent there Exhibiting yelled at by dick harder that was it i remember that a lot i remember dick harder once telling me if you were six you'd play in this league for 10 years and i said well that does me a lot of good doesn't it
1: <laughs> thanks right.
0: dick yeah i don't think i'm gonna hit a growth spurt here who knows <laughs> maybe i will maybe i'll show up tomorrow and I'll be 6'10". Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was that was great. So, uh, But, Rex, yeah, I don't really remember. Right, Dick, and
1: if you were Phil Jackson, of- you'd have six rings, Dick. <laughs> Thank
0: you. <laughs> I mean, I love Rex. I don't really remember much Fair about enough. Rex. Just, just because we only played together from, what, I guess it was October until December. They well, got he, right he, he didn't leave
1: a mark on you forever in those 58 days that you spent with him? Uh, no. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I get
0: that. He could have at least given me some uh, horse betting tips. I mean, geez, I was there that long.
1: Well, dude, I knew. I knew when he knew more about my horses than I knew about my horses that he knew horses. <laughs> I knew then and there. All right. A, a guy that you can speak to, though, Tom, is Draymond. Like, I, I, yeah. I love Draymond. Draymond is one of my favorite guys. I was talking to somebody you can relate to, Phil Hellmuth, the other day. Yep. He was on my podcast, and I'd never met him before. I'd never spoken to him before, and he's just going on, and he's a big, big Warrior fan. He's going on and on about Draymond. He went as far as to say that Draymond is going to be a billionaire with a B before he's done, that he's that smart. He Draymond is polarizing for some, but those who know, know. I mean, as great as this guy is, do you think that he gets the credit and respect he deserves, and how important has he been to the organization during this dynastic run?
0: I don't know if you can truly appreciate Draymond unless you watch him play every single game because uh, his numbers are nothing eye-popping. You look at his numbers and you think, ah, I mean, they're nice. The assists are nice uh, for a forward. The scoring is not good, and uh, the rebounding is pretty solid, but nothing, no, nothing out of this world. But then you watch him play, and you watch him run the offense, and you watch him direct players, and then you watch the defense and you watch him direct players, and you watch him. He's got to be the best help side defender I've ever seen. I mean, he sees what's going on all the time. He knows what's going on before it happens. He's like Andre Iguodala in that way. Guys that are, to use a football term, ahead of the change. They know they know what's coming. They, they They see the set. They know what's coming. They know how to jump it. They know what the tendencies are for teams and players, and they're in the right spot way more often. Than the average player i mean he is so sharp when it comes to comes to hoops and he's just a sharp dude but when it comes to hoops i mean he's a genius he's genius level smart he just he understands everything that's going on you watch him when he gets the ball in the open court and he pushes the ball he knows he's not going to score most of the time but he pushes the ball because he knows the defense isn't set and if he doesn't dribble handoff with steph or clay he knows the defense will be ready for that so he rushes the ball up hands it to Steph, sets a pick on his man, comes off, and then Draymond's man is either out of the picture or isn't ready for it, and all of a sudden you get a wide-open three or you get a, a quick hitter on the other side. I mean, it's just really fun to watch him. But if you don't watch the Warriors play every game, you're going to miss some of that stuff. Uh, I mean, he's just I, – I was impressed with him the first time I talked to him. We had him on our show When was it? God, it must have been 14, somewhere around there, 14, 15, when he was a a, a rookie. And Andrew Bogut was going to do the weekly show with us, but Andrew Bogut got hurt. So they said, well, we're going to give you somebody uh, that can, you know, that's on the active roster. I was like, okay, cool. They go, what do you think about Draymond? I go, that's fine. You know, that's fine by me. I didn't know anything about Draymond. And Draymond didn't play that much back then, by the way. And I'd have Draymond on, and just talking to him, I was like, damn, this dude's sharp. Like, he's really sharp, especially for a young player. Like, he was just – we were talking about hoops and about angles and about setting picks and about defenses and about rotations and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, this guy, I mean, he's, he's on it. And that was when he was super young, and he's just learned even more every single year. I mean, when you listen to him, you can agree with him or not agree with him if you want to. But he, he watches, he reads, I mean, he knows what he's talking about. He, like he'll know enough, like he'll read something and have a complete opposite opinion of you possibly, but he's read it. Like he's done the research. He, know, he knows what he's talking about. So I, I, I really enjoy watching him. I don't agree with him all the time, but I don't need to agree with somebody all the time. I appreciate somebody that's learned on the subject and can have an opinion one way or the other. I think we get caught up into that way too much, not only in sports, but society. Yeah, yeah, watch the game, read the article, but God damn it, you better have the same opinion I do, because if you don't, you're an idiot. That's just not the case. You, you can watch the same game and have two different, two different opinions on a certain thing, but at least watch the game. Don't watch a highlight of the game and then have an opinion on the whole game. I mean, that, that's what people are doing nowadays, but this guy, I mean, he's a hoops junkie. He watches sports. He re, I mean, he, outside of I just love that guy. I do. I love that guy. He's a Hall of Famer. I don't think there's any doubt about it, that he's already – I don't care what happens the rest of his career. He's accomplished enough to be a Hall of Famer. And, yeah, if he were a billionaire, I mean, that's a lot of money. But I wouldn't put anything past this dude. Nothing.
1: I agree with you. You ever think this? I'm not going very far. I'm in a rush. It's too uncomfortable. Sometimes I just forget. Hey, listen, don't kid yourself. There is no such thing as a good reason for not buckling up. If you have used any of these excuses or any others, you are putting yourself at risk of injury or death. In 2020, more than 10,800 people were unbuckled when they were killed in crashes. That's 28% of all people killed in motor vehicle crashes that year. No matter what kind of a car you drive, wearing your seatbelt is the best defense in a crash. Even when you sit in the back seat, you still need to buckle up. That goes for when you ride in taxis and you use ride-sharing services as well. Law enforcement are on the lookout and they're writing tickets, so why take the risk? Seatbelts save lives. So do the smart thing and buckle up every trip, day or night. Click it. Don't risk it. Click it or take it. Paid for by NHTSA. In fact, I first started talking to him when he played Michigan State. And, of course, he wasn't, you know, none of us are that age. But he... He clearly is way more developed mentally, physically, the whole thing right now. But I, I was so impressed even as a college athlete because, you know, a lot of these guys, it's different now, Tom. Like when I talk to college athletes now, they sound very different and they show up in a really different yeah. way now than they did back then, of course, because they're starting earlier and earlier and earlier and they're trained and they're developing their minds and bodies as well. But even when he was in college, I thought he was fascinating. Let me finally ask you this. You mentioned your show. You've had an incredible run, an incredible run at KNBR, and you've been there so long and you cover all things Bay Area. So really quickly, off topic, how do you think the Niners have done in handling the Jimmy G situation? And how do you think that ends? When do you think they'll move him?
0: I think they've done as well as they could. And I give Garoppolo a lot of credit for how he handled it last year. I mean, he knew that was going to be his final year there. And they knew that was the best chance of them succeeding was to have Garoppolo be the quarterback. Lance wasn't ready. I mean, North Dakota State at 314 snaps, I think it was. I mean, it just 314 throws or snaps. One or the other, he wasn't ready. Even guys that play big-time uh, college football that only have that limited amount of exposure to the game are going to be uh, probably a step or two, maybe even three away. So that was the best way uh, for them as a team to try and win but Garoppolo knew that had to be tough, and he's really well-liked in, in the locker room. Maybe they really like like this guy. But guess what? He was there. He was helping Lance out by all reports. Everybody I talked to said he was great about it. He wasn't a guy that was standoffish, like, hey, this is my job. Learn your own stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, watch and learn. No, he, he was hands-on, and he helped him, helped him learn. I think they probably would have traded him already if it wouldn't have been for the surgery. But, look, it is what it is. They gave up a... Boatload of picks for this guy. This guy is going to play. They need him to play. They need to find out what they have. If you invest that much in a player, he's playing. That's just all there is to it. And let's be honest Garoppolo is good, but he's nowhere near great. I mean, he's a solid starting NFL quarterback. And you can win with him, but you got to have the running game and the defense. And that's what the Niners have they have the running game and the defense, and I've seen every game that Garoppolo has played here, and he's had some really good games, he's had some clunkers, at least once a game he'll throw one, you say to yourself, wow, what, what was that? What was he trying to get done there? But then he'll get on a roll, lead him down the field, make some great throws. I mean, that last drive against the the Rams, the last game of the season, was incredible. That was an incredible drive, but he's also had games, so I mean, he's he's solid, but Lance, I think in Lance, I think they have like a top 10, top five talent. Do they? Well, I mean, that's what they're going to find out. That's what they want to find out this year. But I'm not sure they could have handled it any differently, any better. Uh, again, I think the injury uh, set him back as far as letting him go. I can't imagine. Now, having said all that, they said, look, we're gonna, we'll keep him if nobody gives us anything for him. Yeah, I, 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 have no, I, I can't imagine that working. This year, like you're the starting quarterback that led your team to an FC championship game. Oh, and you've been to a Super Bowl with the team. And now you're going to back up the guy that that that's not. I don't think that works at all. Like they're going to have to get rid of him one way or the other. Release him or trade him because while it worked last year. Baker
1: Mayfield thinks that's fucked up. (laughs) Dude, he's a good guy, but let's not get crazy. All right. Jimmy G, I mean.
0: Well, that's exactly what I'm saying. Right. I mean, like that—that—that's not gonna—that—that—that that, that can't work out. But I don't know how they could have handled it any better.
1: Only only you and I can talk like that. Dude, so quickly, last thought. You talk about your your basketball life. You've had an amazing basketball life. One of my favorite things, though, I mean, never mind the seven years in the association, the Final Four team at Arizona, the unbelievable broadcast career that you've had. I, I think it's amazing that you and I are so full circle, that I have lived and raised my family in Irvine, where your college basketball career really took form. Do you even have a favorite UC Irvine? moment either on or off the floor. Leave me with that thought before you go to your show.
0: Oh boy. Well Bill Mulligan, the late Bill Mulligan, sure. was the uh the coach at
1: Irvine. And he was Dude, remind me, did he recruit you directly or did an assistant or what?
0: Um uh, I was a Mike Bukowski. Bukowski okay. Buk- Yeah, he was he was the assistant there and there was another assistant. But Mike was the guy that uh Recruited me when I was coming out of uh, Artesia, so I go to Irvine, and I mean this is like it's pretty big time college hoops. They were they were the second best team in the PCAA back then. Vegas was the uh, the number one team, and they were one of the top teams, like probably top fifteen in the country at that point. So you go there; it's pretty big time. We got a lot of really big recruits. Ben McDonald, Todd Murphy was there. Johnny Rogers was there. Scotty Brooks. Uh, coach in the NBA, played a long time, was there. Joe Thornton, uh, I think he's assistant for, I don't know who he's assistant for now, but he played in the NBA. I mean, they have a lot of dudes that played in the NBA that went to that program. Uh, so he went there, and boy, I was. I, <laughs> it was, like I said, he was, it, it, he couldn't be any further apart from what Luke was. I mean, this guy was a feisty little Irishman, and curse up a storm, and you get there, and you do something wrong, and it's just a slew of expletives. Uh, I mean, stuff that would never happen today. Somebody would complain, and somebody, you know, cry to their dad, and he's yelling at me, and he cursed at me. He used the F word, daddy, as like, okay, grow up. I mean, it happens. It's big-time sports, but who am I to say? I can take more than most. So I remember one day, though, he uh, – I did something wrong. And it was about the time that I was about to leave and I was just disgruntled and not happy there. And he called me and I've never heard this term before. I've never heard it since. It was was like so appalling, it was laughable. He called me a cancerous and then used a slang, For a female body part that is just like nobody wants to hear, like it just sets people off. Wow, dude! Put those two together, and that's what he called me. And I kid you not, I had to stifle (laughs) like laughter. I was about to laugh. Because I was like, holy, how did he even think about those two things? Like, putting those, I mean, good night. You got to be kidding me. So, uh, and I knew if I laughed at that point, because he was not laughing. His head was like red as a tomato. I was going to say, how red was he?
1: He was so red. Oh,
0: red, like a ripe tomato red. It was, it was incredible. (laughs) And I was like, I was like one of those ones where you like had to put your hand over your face, like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, I'll try to make a... Yeah, you know, yeah, I know, I know, I messed that
1: play up. You know, I try to, try to. Yeah, you, I, good I, one, Coach. Good. Next time I'll box out. Good one, Coach.
0: I, I still remember. I still remember that. I was like, wow, that was like, that was that was special. Like yeah, that, that that took some doing to uh, get, to get those two to go together. And so I will get that one, and then one of my favorite ones. So I'm sitting. We're in Santa Clara. And I knew I was going to transfer at the time. We're at the Cable Car Classic, and I wasn't playing that much. And I was like, I, I got to get out of here and go 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 do something else. This is this just isn't hidden for me, which my mom, by the way, told me I was an idiot for giving up on a scholarship to UC Irvine. I was like, well, two things can be true, Mom. I might be an idiot, but I'm right on this. It'll be okay. Great. Great. Don't worry about it. And then, of course, I went and dislocated my hip at Cerritos College, and she's like, oh, who's the idiot now? No, she didn't say that. So anyway... We we were sitting there and I told him I was going to transfer and he wasn't real thrilled with me, you know, but he wasn't real thrilled with me anyway. So it didn't really matter. So I told him I was going to transfer and he goes, you're not going to, you won't make it. And I go, what? He goes, you won't, you, you're not going to make it. He goes, your best chance is here. And you're going to, uh, shit on that. You're not going to, you're not going to make it. I go, all right, well, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to try uh, if that's all right with you. So I end up uh, transferring, going to Arizona, going to a Final Four. I'm in the NBA, and probably in the NBA, NBA for about three years now, and had some really good years with Golden State. So, surprise, surprise, I'm in Vegas, and with no my way. buddies. No way, no, you, you were know. in Vegas? No way. Uh, okay, sit down, sit down. I don't want you to pass out. I can't believe that. All right, so I'm, I'm walking down the Strip. I uh, by myself because I told my buddies I'd meet him over at a, a different casino. So I'm walking on the strip. Who do I run into? Bill Mulligan. <laughs> Walk, walking down the strip. And I go, hey,
1: you coach. Like, how do you up? like me now, you cancerous little bleep? <laughs> no, I didn't,
0: I didn't say that. I just go, hey, coach, what's going on? And he looks up at me and goes, hey, Tommy, Tommy. And, he, and then he stopped and he goes, I guess I was wrong. Ah, oh, I like that. And I said, I guess you were. <laughs> <laughs> so we just, you know, I, I asked him how he was doing and how everything's going and stuff like that. And I'd gotten a few of those uh, letters, uh, my, my high school, my junior high, my junior high uh, coach who I was like uh, on, a, on a team of 12 in basketball. as 10th. I got off the bench occasionally, even though I was the best player on the team. He didn't play me because soccer was his sport. And when he asked me, when he asked me, he goes, hey, I want you to come out for the soccer team. I go, I ain't playing that stupid sport. <laughs> so I guess he didn't find that as funny as I did. And uh, he showed me how not funny he thought that was by uh, having me uh, come off the bench, the deep bench uh, on the basketball team. So he sent me a letter when I made it to the Warriors. He goes, yeah, I guess I should have played you more. I was like, yeah, I guess you probably should have, huh? I mean, who cares? junior high. doesn't matter. A, of course, his way of picking a basketball team was everybody playing one-on-one, and if you won, you moved up a court, and if you lost, you moved down a court, and then when he blew the whistle, the top 10, 12 guys on the six courts were on the basketball team, which I, that shows you he didn't really care about uh, basketball. But, you know, for me, it's like whatever. I'm, I'm not a guy that – it's over. I don't care anymore. I'm not going to rub it in your face. I'm not going to tell you how you screwed up or how you were wrong. It's just Whatever. You screwed up. You're wrong. I don't care. It's not going to affect my life one way or the other from here on out. Whatever successes and failures I've had, those are the successes and failures I've had. It's
1: made me who I am today.
0: And I just, you know, I just move on. Hey, I don't bo- like looking in the rearview mirror and telling people told you so.
1: And now a message from Discover about rewards. If you're a loyal credit card customer, you should be rewarded for your loyalty, preferably with something that's useful. You know, like cashback match. Like cashback match, for instance. Discover matches all the cashback that you've earned at the end of your first year. Finally, rewards that make sense. Discover. Exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations do apply. Hey by They're the way though singing. yeah but to be fair by the way and I've known you a long time you were never running on that kind of fuel anyway you were never like that anyway that's not even one of those like midlife midlife crisis see now i know i've got this perspective you never ever ran on that kind of fuel and for the record you never are going to get a letter like that from me cuz i always loved you from day 1 man from day <laughs> 1 so it was never like Dude, that you had
0: me on you had me on at that uh, that bar when you used to do remotes yeah. And I came with my buddies and we'd sit around and have some beers and you'd go on and then I'd come on with you and do uh, a segment or two. I remember when we first got there, I remember doing the show with you. And I also remember looking in the, in the back of the bar and there was a table set up and there was some dude sitting back there and he had like like 40 index cards and they were laid out all over the table. And they must have been all topics. And I go, Who's that? And I go, Oh, that's a uh, Hexah Hamilton. <laughs> I was like, Damn, how's he gonna squeeze 40 topics into like two hours? And then I he did, he I just put them all on the table to open up his show, and, goes, and then there was Wyoming nothing else. Cowboys, <laughs> <laughs> no, too much. Nobody wants to talk whack football, Wyoming Air Force this Saturday.
1: Who you got? Nobody. What do you got? (laughs) Nothing. Dude, you have to go do your show. Listen, man, so good to have you on. And I hate to ask extra time of you because I know if anybody knows it's me, what it's like to do a show and then have some other a-hole ask you to do their show. (laughs) So I love you very much, dude. I appreciate it. So good. And by the way, Tom, you sound great. You sound great. And I appreciate it, man. That was an absolute blast, man. Thank you so much.
0: Bro, it is always a pleasure. You know, anytime you ask, I'm there for you. You helped me. You helped me get my start. Uh, I love coming on your show. I've loved doing your show since the time I got into radio. So anytime, all you got to do is ask, and you know I will be there.
1: My guy, Tommy T, never, ever disappoints. Always brings that energy. Always brings that insight. And more importantly, there literally is nobody like him which is exactly how he became a Bay Area drive-time radio fixture and a big-time contributor to the jungle back in the day. And no better time to catch up than with the Warriors ascending once again and the finals about to get underway. So thanks again to my guy, Tommy T, for showing up huge the way he did for the original side hustle once again. And if you are looking for more of where that chat came from, you are looking in exactly the right place because we have well over 200 episodes that are banked and waiting for you right now, and they all hold up. And we are still pumping out a brand new app every single week, so make sure you subscribe if you're interested in these new episodes, and they will find their way to you, and you will not have to go looking for them, and you will not regret it. Trust me.